0: Hello, my name is Katie, and this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Today is a solo episode, and to be just fully transparent, I had another episode planned for today, but I had a mentoring call where we had a conversation that I felt was just so important and something I haven't really talked about yet on this podcast, so we're going to talk about it. And this is the practical conversations, wording, and the how to wait for marriage. Okay, so if you're new to this podcast or you know, just finding me from the internet or whatever, I, hi, <laughs> my name is Katie. I talk a lot about sex. And to be, again, fully transparent, I never, ever, ever wanted to be that girl. I was painfully shy in elementary school. I, <laughs> I have a lot of passions about finding your voice. And I think that that is rooted in what I do because the fact that anyone ever, Pays me dollars to hold a microphone is laughable to me. I am now a speaker to college students, and and what I do is just crazy, but especially when it comes to talking about sex on the internet, like, it makes my underarms sweat. And yet, here we are, and I 1,000% believe that that is, um, that's all God. It's not Katie. And I just want you to hear, like, I I think that for sure (laughs) this isn't something I want to do, but I do believe that God has called me to speak up about the subject and I believe here's why. I am so passionate about this subject because I did not make the, the decision to wait for marriage and my husband did. And I saw firsthand how I wish I would have, how just recklessly I treated this powerful yet fragile gift we call sex, I I did grow up in the 90s, but I am not familiar. I mean, I know what purity culture is, but that is not my passion. I don't believe teaching people that they're a chewed up piece of gum or broken rose or whatever. Like, I understand that that was damaging and unhelpful conversations. So I like to have conversations in what I call the messy middle, where I do not believe that hookup culture is beneficial. I do not believe that sex before marriage is beneficial. And we're going to unpack that. But I also do not believe that you are broken or damaged or unworthy or should settle for less because you have made decisions in the past um, about sex or sexual relationships or whatever. Like, both of those are wrong. Both of those are wrong. And I believe there is this beautiful, helpful, I pray, and healing conversation that we can have in the middle where it is maybe... (laughs) just maybe we have a creator a an intelligent designer who made our bodies and he was so brilliant that even scientists who have explored all of this can also point to the way that our bodies are made the hormones the way they all function together we bond with people we are intimate with there's so much science behind you know oxytocin vasopressin i've done a lot of conversations on this and podcasts on this where All of these hormones at play when there is a sexual encounter, it tells our brains, you and me, me and you, for through thick and thin. And when we share that casually, or when this sexual bond is broken, it is painful, it hurts. And I I see it all around in culture. So I experienced that in my own life, and here I am. Um, gosh, more than 15 years now, I've been doing mentoring. And I used to do it, you know, more one-on-one. I started in college ministry, just having coffee dates when we lived in a college town. And now, just yesterday, I had a conversation with someone in California and in Alaska. So I've had conversations with people, young women, all over the nation. And I have, like, everyone agrees that this gift of sex is powerful. And when it is shared with just anyone, it can leave us broken and hurt. And so, the reason I talk about this so much on the internet is I want to be who I needed when I was younger. I wish someone told me, Katie, you are so valuable and so worthy. Why in the world would you share this beautiful gift of your body with someone who wasn't committed to you? You know, and then, and now that I've learned the Christian perspective and scientific viewpoint, which by the way, back each other up, I realized that you know, God said to wait, not because he's mean or he wants to strike a lightning bolt at us if we misbehave. No, he's a good and loving father who understands that this gift of sex is so much better when shared with someone who says, I am with you through thick and through thin, through death do us part, through stretch marks and money problems like you and me, me and you together forever. That is intimacy. And And I think it's, it just makes so much sense. Think about like sex produces children. Children benefit from having a mother and father, both present in the home and in love. Can you imagine all the problems that would be solved if all babies were born to a loving, committed people who stood beside each other through thick and through thin? One example of unconditional love, which also points us to the cross of unconditional love. It all works together. The family unit is everything. So (laughs) I believe that family is built even before we meet our spouse. A good marriage is built before we even meet our spouse. And that starts with having conversations with your potential boo thing about what matters to you. Okay. And I think the first conversation we need to have is the why behind the wait. So if you have decided that not having sex before marriage matters to you, you need to decide, and I'm talking you, not you and your boyfriend, not you and your potential boyfriend, you need to decide. Why? Why have you made that decision? Is it because your grandmama told you that was important? Is it because you thought, I don't know, it says somewhere in the Bible so it makes sense? Those aren't good enough answers. And when he smells good (laughs) and if you have tequila shots in your system, I'm just saying you need to decide in stone. You need to decide that this is important to you. Not because I said so. Not because your mama said so. Not because your preacher said so why do you think it's important? So I've alluded to a few reasons why I know now and what I wish I knew then, but I encourage you to explore that on your own. Um, I will link a few resources in the show notes, some books that I read. Um, There's also some podcast episode we have had with some scientists on why it's important. But um, yeah, I mean, I want you to encourage you to discover that on your own. Um, A few things that I have found valuable and helpful as I'm having conversations with young women is a reminder that sex is a good thing. Okay. I, I want to be on record for being a Christian who says sex is a good thing. Can I get an amen? Okay. God invented it. All right. Remember that too. You know, there was just Adam and there was a garden and there was no Eve. And he said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he created Eve. And I have no ancient Polaroids to prove this, but I'm pretty sure she was like, you know, smoking hot. And so was Adam. And they both looked at each other and they said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And they made babies. Okay. And it was good. And God said it himself. It was good. And so I want you to remember sex is good. Now, now, This good thing is also dangerous when shared in the wrong context. A waterfall. Yes, I have a point to this. We live in Chattanooga. There's a lot of beautiful hikes around here. The first time I went on a hike, when we first moved here, one of my friends brought me to see a waterfall for the first time with my very own eyes. My eyes glazed over with tears. I was just overwhelmed with emotion at this beauty right in front of me, this waterfall. It was a very, very good thing where it belongs where God created it to be this waterfall. This same thing, this waterfall, if it was somehow coming on my ceiling, on my roof, into my living room, it would be destructive. It could lead to death. It could lead to a big hot mess, if nothing else, because it is not where it belongs. It is in the improper context. Okay. Same example. Sex is a good and beautiful thing, In its correct context, when someone says, you and me, me and you, through thick and thin, I vow in front of God and your mama and everyone to love you to the end of time. Now, I know marriages sometimes break up, and that's another conversation we will have. But even if we solve that one problem, my word, even if we just solve the one problem where sex is waited for marriage, still, yes, people get divorced. And again, we can talk about that. But still, think about how many problems that would solve. I do mentoring at our um, kids' middle school, and oh my gosh, I just, my heart, oh, my heart gets so attached to these sweet young girls who, um, every girl I've mentored comes from a broken home. I came from a broken home. We know there's plenty of statistics that show that human beings, babies who grow up to be teenagers, who grow up to have their own families, benefit from having a mother and father both present And in love, I mean, don't we all wish children from divorced home, I know we all wish that if we had a magic wand, we could restore the marriages of our parents and not just for them to be together for the sake of being together, but to be in love and give us that example day in and day out of what love looks like. I mean, that that's its design. (sighs) Anyway, there's so many rabbit trails we could go down when it comes to this conversation. But again, I'm going to put some links in the show notes, but I want you to decide Your why, why you have decided to wait. And that's not up to me to define, that's up to you to define. So once you have defined your why, you're gonna get some pushback, whether that is from a guy you're dating or your friends or whatever. And people may tell you, there's a few, we're gonna do like some myth busters, so to speak. So common things that you may hear once you have made that decision. So, okay, hey, you're what we're gonna say, your name is Molly. Hey, Molly. Um, Molly, you have decided that waiting for marriage is important to you. Okay, great. So there's going to be a friend who says, who rolls her eyes at you or a guy and like, oh, whatever. That's old fashioned. How will you know if they are good for you? If you don't shack up, this is basically the whole try it before you buy it. I have strong feelings about this. I have done lots of TikToks about this. But the short of the story is that is basically just saying you are just your body, that if you perform well in one area, then you're a good catch or, or we can have a good relationship. That is so wrong. Also, there's a ton of research that shows actually intimacy in the bedroom gets better in a marriage, the longer you know each other, because as we just talked about, intimacy is not just physical, you have to have, emo- there's actually, the, um, what is it, five different forms of uh, intimacy, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and physical. So that's M-E-S-S-P. If you just have the P and not the rest, you're left with a mess. See what I did there? M-E-S-S. Mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and physical intimacy. So if we just say, oh, well, I just need to try you before I buy you, that's saying you're just your body. That's very degrading. And number two, actually, fun fact, they say your best sex is after you've been married for 10 years. There's been some research on this. So if you were to say, oh, I I just shacked up with you to see if you're any good, that's not fully knowing each other. That's not, intimacy is built and grows better through communication, through knowing each other, through long-term intimacy on other words besides, on other terms besides just physical. Okay, another thing you're gonna hear is Well, do what makes you happy or follow your heart kind of language. And this is terrible advice because our heart is deceitful above all things. That is biblical. And that's basically saying, follow your feelings. (laughs) If you are listening, if you are breathing, your feelings have lied to you. Your feelings have said, don't go to the gym because you don't feel like it. Eat another donut because you feel like it. Um, Don't apologize to this person because you don't feel like it. We have to do hard things in life. Spoiler. And if you just wait to feel like it, you're going to be lazy (laughs) and not healthy. And you're not going to study for chemistry. You're not going to get a master's degree. Like if you want to wait to feel like studying homework, like that's just such a terrible way of thinking. And the whole do what makes you happy business. That is childish advice. Toddlers act on a whim, and do what makes them happy. They throw a fit in the grocery aisle when they can't get the toy they want. You are an adult. You might be a young adult, as you know, 18, 20, 25 years old, but you're an adult. You are no longer a toddler, which means acting on a whim of, I want to hop in the sack with you. you (laughs) No, you are more mature than that. You know, it's just so frustrating anyways when Other people have an outside opinion about what you do or don't do, but behind closed doors, like why, why is it their business? It's just so crazy to me. I was on a clubhouse room. If you know what that is, it's essentially like, I guess you call it zoom, but it's just audible and it was about healthy relationships. So I was a, a speaker in this little room and anyway, it was just such a dichotomy because there was a girl who had had multiple partners and she said she felt shame for making those decisions in her past. And then there was a girl who was a virgin and she says she felt shame for being a virgin because everyone thought she was a goody two shoes. (laughs) Why? How? What in the world have we done to, first of all, even have an opinion about what these girls have decided? It's none of our business. And second of all, like you can't win. You can't win. And so if you decide to, and I'm, I'm talking about. Being a virgin or re I think re weighting is, is so valuable and so beautiful. And wherever you decide on the spectrum, you will have people who push back on this. So we talked about just kind of general, you know, like friends or roommates that might have questions. But what's going to be most complicated is if the guy you are dating has some questions or pushbacks. So I'm going to have just a few like. Conversation tips or ways that you can start or perhaps facilitate how you want to bring this up. Now, first, I want to say, as we just alluded to, you can do hard things. Having a conversation about waiting for marriage to have sex with someone that you're dating is going to be uncomfortable. Okay. It is not going to be like, hi, where would what restaurant would you like to eat at tonight? This is going to be a little more tricky, right? But what's also insane and ironic is we would rather just not talk about it and blindly fall into perhaps a sexual relationship or perhaps this like mm, awkward, you know, wedge in between you because you aren't talking about it and you do want to, but you don't. You got to talk about it. So it's the choose your heart right you can have an awkward conversation toward the beginning of saying hey this matters to me are we on the same page or don't talk about it and then it becomes hard later and a lot more complicated especially if you just blindly do what you think they want and then you're bonded sexually like what like choose your heart sister that's a way worse decision versus just having that conversation up front Okay, so now what do you say in these conversations? So again, here's some like language or some wording. And I want to just caution saying, I am not in your relationship. I don't know you or the guy you're dating. You only, you know your relationship better than I do. So take what I'm saying, leave what doesn't work for you and take what does. And I hope that this is just some framework, some, you know, um, some guidelines to help you have healthy conversations when it comes to dating. All right. I did a podcast episode. I can link that as well with Angela and Carson. Angela was a former Miss Texas and got famous on a reality show. She won a dating reality show. And what got famous through all of that was she decided on national TV. Well, she obviously made the decision earlier. She decided that she was waiting for marriage and that decision was in the public eye, and she got ridiculed for it. And later, not through the dating show, actually, but later met her husband, who was a professional baseball player who also made the decision to wait for marriage. So their story is very beautiful, and they're very beautiful people. (laughs) And their uh, podcast episode was our most popular, our first season of the podcast. So I will link that. It's a very good conversation. But she talked about how, because you know she's a very beautiful girl, dated a lot of guys, and she wanted to have that conversation earlier than later. So what she would say, which may be helpful to you is, you know, first, maybe second date, just kind of earlier than later, she would say something along the lines of, do you go to church? And they would answer however they want. And she'd say, "Um, yeah, well, my faith is really important to me as well. Actually, I'm, I'm waiting for marriage. She would just say it. And they would be like, me too. That's great. Um, whatever they would say. And um, funny, she actually even talked about there was um, one guy in particular who thought she was ridiculous, made fun of her. That was their first and last date. And then like years later, like message her through social media and apologize about being a jerk. So just saying, you never know if that works out for you. Whoever, if they shun you, then deuces, homie, you don't need them anyways. Okay, so that is one potential conversation starter. Um, another thing I, so I just did a mentoring call and we were talking about this and this was a girl who, you know, had sex before. And I think this is so interesting. I think this is important to talk about this because it is often seen by culture that people who want to wait for sex are like, they're just not sexual or they don't like it or they're, they're boring, you know, and that's not true. And so again, I want to remind you, sex is good. And so somehow communicating that you like them and you think they're attracted to them, but you don't want to open that gift too early. So for example, on this mentoring call, we were talking about having a conversation, something along the lines of, I like you. And this, is, this isn't this is a first date, by the way. This is something a little later. <laughs> this is once you have like established that you want to rip each other's clothes off. I mean, I'm just saying, okay, so I like you. I see a future with you. I am attracted to you and I believe that sex is good and I cannot wait to explore that. But I also trust that the God who made me, the God who made marriage, wants what is best for his daughter, me, and wants what is best for his son, you, and has a beautiful plan and I'm so excited and I can't wait to explore that. But I I need and I desire to seek God's best for me. But my flesh is weak. And I think you're hot. And I hope you feel the same way about me. So I need this not just to be my decision, but I need this to be our decision. I don't want to just you you to quote respect my decision to wait. I want you to be on the same page with me. And that means that might mean you have to you know, open the door when you are at home, if you have roommates, just to have that accountability. That might mean, I don't know, you have a code word, like, just don't put yourself in a dark room with Barry White music playing and, you know, wine in your system, you know, like, don't put yourself in these tempting situations. And that takes two, that takes, because I, I hate the conversation of, okay, a lot of times you hear, a girl say, hey, I told him I want to wait for marriage. And the guy says, I respect your decision to wait. That's my pet peeve, honestly, because that that makes it feel like you have a steak dinner and you're dangling it in front of a starving child. And you're like, uh-uh, not yet. I, I don't like that. I think that it shouldn't be, I respect your decision to wait. It should be, I respect you. I respect you so much. I don't want to dishonor you. I don't want to dishonor us. I don't want to dishonor God. I Am also on the same page. I want to do this thing well. Yes, I'm attracted to you. It has nothing to do with I don't like you. I, sex is good. You smell good. You're hot. And listen, just for easy math, if you are 30 when you get married and you live till you're 100, you have 70 years to enjoy each other. And I hope that you do. I hope that you enjoy every 70 years with your future spouse. But for now, this is an exercise of self control. When you walk into the donut shop, donuts smell good, but that doesn't mean you need to eat a hundred of them. When you walk into the mall, those new pair of shoes are cute, but you don't, you already have a pair. We have to exercise self-control in all areas of our life. And God is also asking us to exercise this with our sexuality. And even more so when we exercise that gift of self-control, it is such a gift. It is such a gift. He's, He's giving us the gift. It is our opportunity to unwrap it. And that unwrapping is waiting into the covenant of marriage. Not only exercising self-control, exercising faith, exercising trust that you have a good and loving father who wants what is best for you. And, and again, we know scientifically that intimacy is built and it grows stronger over time. And so the whole idea of try it before you buy it, it is so true in so many ways, because if you test it out, so to speak, That's not even a true test because it becomes better with time, with intimacy and other levels besides just physical and getting to know each other and trust each other and becoming undressed in every form of the word as you grow in intimacy with the person you said I do to forever through thick and through thin. If you are enjoying this conversation, I would love to chat with you. Mentoring is one of the favorite things I get to do, and I get to meet you. So I get to meet people who enjoy the podcast or social media. And wherever you live, essentially, you just check out my link in my profile, and you pick a time that works for you. We do a phone call. We can do a Zoom if you prefer, but usually we do a phone call. I walk around my neighborhood. You can do whatever you like. We talk about boys finding your voice relationship issues, whatever you might be facing, I want to be your adopted mom, cool aunt, my favorite title, big sis, whatever it is, just a unbiased third party with a lot of years of relationship advice and i would love to help you speak the truth in love and be there for you my friend so check out all the details at katiebolmer.life that's my website or my social media handles have the link there as well um at Life on tiktok and instagram okay let's get back to the episode another way to perhaps start the conversation is just to talk about what you're learning blame me if you want. My mom always says, blame me if you don't want to go to the party or whatever. She used to say that when I was a teenager. So blame this podcast. I was just listening to this podcast. It had some interesting talks about, you know, why I'm winning from marriage. And I've been thinking about that more. And I realized this is my why. And let me tell you, this can be a conversation whether or not you have done the deed or not um, with the person you're dating currently or in the past. If you have decided this matters to you, and I hope that you do, then you need to have this hard conversation. And remember, you can do hard things. And so if you bring it up, you could perhaps say something along the lines of, this is what I'm learning. I listened to this podcast. I read this book. And again, I'm going to have a lot of resources here in the show notes, but I want to caution you against becoming judgmental <laughs> because I have had conversations with girls and they kind of go in the mindset of like, well, they should especially if it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, they've been dating for a while. We've been dating for two years. We've been intimate and now I don't want to anymore. And I want to wait till marriage and they should totally be on the same page. Yes, but you, you got to look at this with a little bit of grace. You have been, let's just say, for example, you have been listening to um, podcasts like this or reading books and you have been learning and becoming convicted over the past few months. I'm proud of you. I think that's an amazing decision, but You need to have conversations with your boyfriend and pull him into this conversation. You have made these decisions perhaps on your own. You need to invite him to have these conversations with you as well. And so perhaps it looks like, hey, you know, I've been listening to this podcast. I've been reading this book. These are just some things I'm thinking about, and I would love for you to kind of explore this with me. What do you think about this? And... You know, maybe you can get to the same page and I hope that you do, but I think that you could have a lot more success if you come into the conversation of curiosity, of inviting them into learning what you're learning, of um, anticipation and an excitement for what's going on instead of pointing your finger and I've learned this and you should. And da, da, da. I hope that no one on the other side of our earbuds would do that, but you just, I just want to caution against that. You're gonna have a lot more success if you have this conversation in a, um, in a learning type of way or an open type of conversation. And speaking of having hard conversations, I got to tell you the hard thing that you teach others how they can treat you in the way you treat yourself. And so it is not fair um, to yourself and to the person you're dating by continuing to have sex with someone. If you say, that you want to wait for marriage. It is confusing at best to not only him, but to you to say, this is what you value, but not live that out. And I understand that that is hard, but again, I think this comes back into having open and honest and real conversations. I think it's terrible and ironic and sad that we can blindly stupor into getting pregnant, having sex, um, sometimes even getting married without having conversations about what we value. And if this is important to you, you know, again, say, I like you, I have hormones just like you. I want to hop in the sack just like you, but I also am so conflicted because I know that this is best. I'm learning. This is best. My flesh is weak, but I want holiness. I want um, a better story to tell my children, let's pause on that for a hot minute. Whether you're thinking about this or not, perhaps your why can be there. I'm have teenagers right now. And one day you are also going to have teenagers and you're going to have to share your dating story. What story do you want to tell them? Wow, which had a sound effect right now, you know? So whether you've had sex or not, you get an opportunity to rewrite the story or write the story that you want to tell. And, and this starts now and this starts with the conversations. And so lovingly, respectfully um, admitting your own flaws, saying, this is what values, this is what I value. I want to be on the same page. Can we talk about this? Can we learn? Can we grow? Can we have people who hold us accountable? Can we join a small group? Can we do the work to tell the story we want to tell and honor the God that we say we believe in and who wants what is best for this and trust that he is good, that he can be trusted and he has started a good work in you and he's going to carry it out into completion. And you're going to have an amazing, amazing marriage because of it. Okay. How about that for a (laughs) just passion, strong feelings, things that I wish I knew when I was younger, conversations that I get to have through mentoring. I, I just don't know of any resources out there and I hope that there are Helping you have language around having these conversations. And the only one other thing I want to mention is I can hear the pushback. I know you. I know you, my friend, the pushback of, all right, Katie, I'm going to hear what you're saying. It sounds good, but I'm never going to get married. If I have standards like that, I'm never going to find a guy who wants to wait with me. Let me remind you, women can change the dating world. This is not just a Katie thing, this is scientifically proven. This is actually animal kingdom wide that men are chasers and women are choosers. And biologically speaking, that is because women have far, far fewer eggs than men have little swimmers, if you know what I'm saying. So biog- biologically speaking, women can and should be more selective when it comes to mating. This is, I'm just telling you the birds and the bees. All right. So because of that and women pay a higher price for sex. So you probably know this, but women have higher risk of STDs. We can get pregnant. They're just a lot more involved. Um, and we bond more with oxytocin. We have that more, um, concrete bond with another person. So women just pay a higher price for sex. I don't make the rules. It's the way it is, but it's also a gift. It's also this gift of, um, bonding and eventually creating a family, but because of all of this, and again, just biologically speaking, women are more instinctually attuned to being more selective when it comes to choosing a partner. Um, You know, because creating babies, all that stuff is just in your biology to be more selective as you should be. That is one way that I know for sure that you will, you should have high standards when it comes to having sex. (laughs) And another thing I want to remind you is Have you ever lost sleep if the earth would make an entire rotation or if the stars would fall out of the sky? Yeah, the same God can handle that, can also handle your love life. And it's just so crazy that we think we have to go outside of God's laws to get his promises. Like we have to bend the rules to have an amazing marriage. Like what? Like we think we have to do, he can't do his job? Like he's been God for a long time. He is doing his job just fine. So we need to just go back to being human and trust that he is good and he knows what's best for us. Like I mean my own experiences, I didn't believe that either. And I thought that oh, I have to date dirtbags and do whatever it is they want because if I don't, I'll be single and be a crazy cat lady when I'm 50. Like I thought I had to do what society told me to do. And finally, I met the Lord and had understood what true love is and understood this amazing father who wants what's best for us. And the next guy I dated, my husband, he dated me unlike any other guy I've ever dated. Like he never even, sex wasn't even a question. It wasn't even like, well, do you respect my decision? I respect your decision. Like we weren't married. So why would we even put ourselves in these tempting situations. Yes, we were attracted to each other. Yes, like the attraction and hormones and all of that kind of stuff was there. But like we didn't, if we ever hung out at my apartment, we I had roommates, so we left the doors open. Like they were just little things we did to caution ourselves from taking each other's clothes off. Okay. <laughs> a quote that was really helpful for me during this time of dating and just a life quote that is very, very helpful. This needs to be on your mirror or somewhere handy. This is from Andy Stanley, and it says, temptation is infinitely easier to avoid than to overcome. So meaning just not putting yourself in tempting situations. And I realize they're not always avoidable, but... Nine times out of 10, you can do things to put yourself in less tempting situations because temptation is infinitely easier to avoid than to overcome. My husband and I lead a small group for 20 somethings and we were just going through Corinthians and one of the verses um, talking about this is in first Corinthians and it says flee from sexual immorality all other sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And you may or may not have heard this before, but, um, I think this is an important verse because not only are we talking about how, how sex is just, it's personal. It's within your body and, and your body is such a gift and got your God's precious daughter or precious son. And so this, this hurts you. And so it hurts God. And it's like, he wants so much better for you. And so I think that when we see the word "flee," you know a lot of times in our culture, and I've asked this question myself: like, how close can I get? Like, what's the line? How how um, close to sin can I get without falling over? And the verse says, "Flee from sexual immorality," like run the other direction. Um, a verse or a um, like visual I've used online before is a picture of me doing crow pose at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I know it's stupid, so it's a it's a yoga balance pose. And it looks like I was right on the cliff. Don't worry, I wasn't like stupid. It was kind of far away from the cliff, but camera angles. Anyways, it looks like I am about to fall over the cliff at the Grand Canyon. And the point is, we we have this kind of question of how close can I get to the edge without falling over? But in reality, I don't want to fall over the cliff at the Grand Canyon. That's not a good decision, right? So I'm not even going to get. I'm not going to dangle my toes over the edge and lean over and see if the wind comes, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of what we think when it comes to sexual immorality, it's like, oh, well, I mean, you know, how close can I get? And remember, I I am in favor of you being attracted to your boyfriend. Like all of these urges are are healthy and good, but it's just so much easier when you avoid the temptation, when you have conversation, when we are like, I want to be on the same page with you. Not because I'm holier than thou, not because I'm perfect, because I want what's best for me and for you and for our long-term relationship and our marriage, whether that's together with the guy you're dating or whoever he marries or whoever you marriage, like this is a long-term thinking. And again, it's a challenge of maturity, like children live in the moment and do what feels good in the moment, but adults think long-term and think what is best for my future marriage, for my future relationship, the story I want to tell my children. This is a such an exercise in so many ways. Okay, so back to, are you sure, Katie? Like, is this a good idea? Because I don't see this on reality TV. I don't see this on Instagram. Like, can I, should I? Like, I'm hearing you and I'm picking up what you're throwing down, but I need a reminder. Well, your first reminder is normal is broken. If you want better relationships than what you see around you, you need to date in a better way. Normal is broken, addicted, depressed, Unhealthy, unhappy, you want better than normal. And it, if we want better than our 50% divorce rate, if you want better than maybe what your parents had or what we see on TV, you got to date in a different way. And guess what? <laughs> if the world is giving you advice, it's probably not very good. But an exercise that you can practice as you're facing this hard decision that will serve you the rest of your life. You know, I'm no longer dealing with should I shack up with my boyfriend or not, <laughs> but this is a lifelong lesson. In trusting that God is good and he can be trusted, I say that to myself sometimes ad nauseum. I say it to myself until I believe it, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. He is a loving father, that is his jam, love, and sexuality and marriage. Like that is such a beautiful subject that I believe he's very much in the midst of and very much cares about you and your well being. He can be trusted in this area, I promise. When we put our trust, that he has our best interests in mind, then of course we don't have to go outside of his laws to get his promises. Like that's just, it's just so silly if you think about it that way. And listen, if you felt that way, you're not alone. It's kind of the oldest sin in the book. If you don't know the story of Abraham he was promised a million descendants. He was supposed to like be the father of many nations, but him and his wife were old and they were like, mm, I don't know, I don't know, God. I don't know if you can be trusted. So Abraham slept with his servant, which was actually more common in that day. So he could have a son. Um, his name was Ishmael. And then God followed through with his promise because that's what he does. And he did get his chosen son. That was Isaac. And fun fact, the fighting that we still see going on today in the Middle East stems from right there. Ishmael and Isaac, two sons who fathered many, many nations and many descendants, have always been at war with each other. This isn't crazy revelation stuff. You should read your Bible. It's all kinds of scandals. But because Abraham went outside of God's promise and had this baby, and then God like again fulfilled his promise and had the other baby, those two boys became the father of uh, these descendants have been fighting for generations, uh, hundreds of years at this point and still going on today. And they say that like, that's kind of the sign of the end of times when those nations do finally become at peace. So anyway, crazy, juicy revelation stuff, all to remind you that God can be trusted. And when we go outside of his guidelines, there are consequences. But God is also very good and he loves his sons and daughters. And there's always grace to start again. There's always grace to start anew. So I challenge you wherever you are. I hope this was helpful. I hope that this gave you some language to have hard conversations, but have helpful conversations, because if you can't talk about your relationship, then are you really experiencing true intimacy anyways? You know, there's all those different forms of intimacy, not just physical. So I challenge you to talk about what matters to you. But before you do that, decide what matters to you. I offer something called a dating plan on my website. I made it $5. Honestly, I gave it away for free. And if you message me, I'll give it to you free. I don't really care. The only reason I made it costs money because when we pay, we pay attention, but you can do this on a piece of paper if you want to. Essentially, it is just a way to decide what matters to you and write it down. When we write something down, we are 70% more likely to follow through. So I challenge you to decide what matters to you in dating, whether you are in a relationship now or not, decide what story you want to tell your future children, decide what matters to you, decide your values, what story you want to tell. And I hope that you are writing a beautiful story. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I am so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for this podcast and everyone who listens. Thank you for leaving a review on iTunes. It is the best compliment you can give. We are trying to reach our goal of 250 reviews on iTunes. Last I checked, I think we're like at 175. So if you could do me a big favor and leave a review on iTunes, I would be your best friend forever. Thanks for listening and making us a part of your week. I am so grateful for you.